This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South Soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South Soccer and the Palatial 680 The Fan Studios. I am Eric Quintana. Next to me, Mr. Josh Bagrianski. How's it going, sir? Hello. It's going well. I'm pumped about the Adam John Everything? signing. The Adam oh, Johns? That, yeah, it's that make your week? It's a new era for has Atlanta United. Has that been the, 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 the news of the week for it you? It has. It's a new era, uh, and I'm very excited to, to welcome him uh, from Phoenix Rising. Ask me why I was eating cake earlier. Was that what you were eating? Yeah. Oh, out of that cup? Yeah, Eric was eating some sort of brown thing out of a styrofoam cup. I didn't want to say anything because it, it was, was kind of weird looking. It was in celebration. I thought it was some weird keto because thing. Because now something. they're going to blame you, not me. What? Blame me? Blame me for what? Adam John? No, for, for, eating, for uh, Julian Gressel now being traded. Oh, to I didn't. United. I thought we weren't going to talk about him. I thought we were going to lead with your ice cream and Adam John and call it a night. It was cake. Celebra- cake. Celebratory cake. Whatever. Before we get really started, do we want to offer you the opportunity to? Sponsor the podcast if uh, you have a soccer-specific store or really any kind of soccer-specific product you want us to promote on the podcast. We'd be happy to do it. Uh, basically, Mouse of the South sponsored by your company here. That's exactly how it would go. So please do that. If you want to donate to the podcast, patreon.com. You can find me at Eric G. Quintana, Mr. Josh Bagariansky at J- Josh B 914 Yes, that's me. <laughs> uh, follow us on Instagram at uh, MOTS Podcast. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Greatly appreciated for everyone that does uh, subscribe and gets those notifications uh, when we do when the stream does work on YouTube. Normally it does work. This week for whatever <laughs> reason it didn't. It's not my fault. I traded. I blame Josh. Traded for Tam. I think. I blame Josh. We traded the yes me. Let me just say <laughs> if anything goes wrong technical, it's not you. Don't, it's it not is definitely me. not you. It's not me. <laughs> and if it is me, then this podcast is done. If they ever let me touch anything uh, technologically advanced, I think so, the most we've asked you. you to do is I uh, just bring your bring your laptop. I can. That's be, about I the did. I, and of, I did bring it. I almost left it. I walked out the door, and that was last week, right? That was. That's the extent of your techno technological savviness. Yeah, I know how to turn my laptop on. On button. On off. That's it. Oh, that's about it for me. I, I'm not even an Apple guy, and I was like trying to. I, I'd like figure out for myself how to do certain things on your on your laptop. Oh yes, yes. Well, it was good. It was a good laptop. It's it's a great laptop. I'm very proud of it. So. Um. All right. So Julian Gressel, obviously the topic of the moment, and you with the famous words from last week. I can't believe it. Talking about how everyone should calm down. Some people should stop freaking out about Julian Gressel and his contract situation, and that the only way he doesn't play with Atlanta United next year is if he gets traded inside the league. And lo and behold. So I predicted the future is what you come mean to last, say. Come yesterday, come Tuesday of this week, you predicted the future. Your, 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 uh, was it your wish? Was that what it was? Was it my wish? No, I mean, basically <laughs> I was lambasting people for continuing to excess, uh, uh, insist Julian Gressel was going to leave <laughs> because the only way it could happen realistically was you, and I mean, exact, I, exactly I, the way it happened. Yeah. I mean, you trade him within the league, uh, and I mean, I, it's, it's, it's. To me, it's the most shocking move of the entire MLS offseason and probably the most surprising one in Atlanta United's short history. I mean, 
I don't think anybody, uh, even the people who are closest well, to the look, situation, saw this coming. I think Carmona's is more surprising, but Gressel's hurts more because of 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 the fan favorite that he is. Carmona was linked a little bit though. There were a was few he, weeks I, where he was linked. Yeah, yeah. There was a few weeks where he was linked with Colo Colo, and it was you know, it was. I mean, like you could, right you, could make, you could make the case in this case. We had months. We knew there was, there was a contract. Well, you knew something was brewing, out. but I, I, so I don't. I mean, the trade I think is what I, I, it was so sudden. I don't think anyone expected it. Um, and I think the the uh, the crux of the whole thing. It, it, well, first of all, he goes for a, a million in allocation money, seven hundred fifty k, which is available right away. Uh, from what I understand, so um, but also I was interesting to me that you know you listened to the conference call with Carlos Bocanegra that he did with the media, and he uh, said that Julian Gressel basically requested a trade that he was offered a, an extension uh, in preseason of last year, then again during the summer, and then basically it became clear during the off season that negotiations had stalled, and that's uh, I, I, I think he said it was a couple weeks ago, basically. Gressel came in and asked for a trade. So, I mean, it does put the club in a tough position. I mean, I know we can look at this in a lot of different ways. I mean, you can certainly argue that, you know, a player of that quality for Atlanta United, you would say, okay, you can play out your contract and we'll have a discussion in the offseason, next offseason, about you staying here, but we need you because you help us win a, a championship. And, uh, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough spot for Atlanta United if you believe Carlos Bocanegra that Gressel requested a trade. And that seems to be the center of this entire thing, um, with all the hoopla floating around about you know because Julian Gressel meant so much to Atlanta United, and we're going to get into the fan side of things in a little bit. But I think if you're looking at it from the front office's point of view, uh, I don't think this was in the cards until he came and requested a trade. And uh, in the end, you got a pretty decent haul for a player with only one year left on his contract. But how Atlanta United adapts to missing a player that's been so integral uh, to the team in the short term. Uh, is is going to be interesting to see. Yeah, reactions were everywhere. Um, people started basically pointing the finger at the front office at Boca Negra. We've already started to hear the conversation about uh, now this season is kind of on Boca Negra's head, and uh, however it goes, uh, is is basically be exactly is going to be related to how how this off season off season has gone. Even though even though it's not necessarily over. Um, Look, he's, he's it's, it's obvious he's a fan favorite. He's going to be missed. This is not something that Atlanta United, I think, wanted to happen. The fans certainly didn't want it to happen. Um, you're going to miss that production, I think, parts of it. I think you're going to make up parts of his production somewhere else or, or someone else is going to step up to, uh, to again, maybe not the same, uh, the same numbers, but you're going to get something out of someone at that position, whether it's Tito, whether it's uh, uh, Brooks Lennon, anyone. You're gonna get something out of someone that's going to make up part of what Julian Gressel. So it's not like you automatically lost what, however many assists per year, however many goals per year. Um, you're gonna get that out of someone else. It's not like those numbers just disappear. That's not how this works. Yeah, and and I think that you know it's not gonna be as difficult to replace uh, some of those assists that he provided because if you look at it, you know people saying, oh, Tito can take those stat, uh, take those assists. Barco can do it. PT can do it. Julian Gressel's assists were mainly coming when you were basically restricted to playing a certain shape where you're, where he's playing right. When we talked about this from day one of him playing right wing back about how it suited him perfectly because his service into the box is so fantastic and a wing back is a player that's always going to be left wide in space and in, in the when he's in the attack. And then to top it off, you have a, pl- a striker like Joseph Martinez who's a great finisher and is great with his movement off the ball. So I think, you know, if, if you go to the four... 
3-3, which we expect Frank DeBoer to do, and get out of the back three with wing backs, then you know Julian Gressel was taking minutes away from Barco and PT playing as a right winger in that situation anyway. So in a lot of ways, I think this makes things fall together a little bit better tactically. But the thing is, I mean, I think what Julian Gressel... I mean, like you said, Eric, what he, he gave you so much going forward. I don't think just because this gives you a, a more obvious system of play necessarily makes this a good move. So there are a couple of things that I, I, I kind of want to talk about in, in reference to this. One, one is the $700,000 salary number we've heard that DC United is apparently going to give Julian Gressel, which from my understanding, they haven't agreed to yet. Um, <clears throat> right. It's rumored that, he's going to be up 700000 700000 What did I say? I'm sorry, you know, I'm, yeah, repe- okay. I'm repeating what you said. Seven hundred thousand, about four years at seven hundred k. So we're we're all assuming that that's the contract he wanted. I I am very dubious to believe that that's exactly the number that he was looking for. I'm thinking he was looking for something much higher, which is what he presented to Atlanta United. Because I seriously doubt that DC United was like, "All right, you want seven hundred thousand? Here you go," hmm. and there was no negotiating. That's not how this works. I have a feeling that it's not seven hundred thousand that Atlanta United didn't want to give to him. It's probably nine hundred to a million. Especially considering the contract, uh, the 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 resigning or the was it extension or signing, resigning of a uh, uh, Miles Robinson plus what the, what they extension. got out of uh, uh, Emerson Hindman, you know those are numbers that that Julian Gressel I'm sure was like okay well I'm certainly putting up more production I'm producing at a much higher rate than than Emerson Hindman he's only been here six months or so I certainly am am worth much more than. <laughs> If if he's going off of what they paid Emerson Hyman, he's certainly certainly worth much more than uh, him. Well, so, I, and, and if that to me lets me think that he he valued himself somewhere around that nine hundred million dollar range, nine hundred thousand, nine hundred thousand, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I mean, especially when nine hundred million <laughs> sounds good, it's no wonder they couldn't afford him. But uh, I mean, especially I think from Gressel's perspective, you look at the contract. I don't, I don't, I don't that, blame him either. No, if, not if that's at the all. number he's going for, I don't blame him either. No, and I think he's just looking at Emerson Hindman's contract. And basically what you're saying, Eric, I mean, I believe the threshold for a TAM player is a, is a, is a million yeah. a year, assuming they're not bought down uh, for, from being a previous designated player. So if he's asking on that high end of a TAM salary, he's looking directly at Emerson Hindman's contract, who I believe is making 800 k escalating to about right. a million on the last year of his deal, and saying, if you're going to give him that, you need to give it to me too. I don't, I mean, that's a great, that's that's an interesting, that, uh, I just want interesting everyone. part of it, that maybe he was asking for such a high number that yeah. Lanny United said, we don't even want to go through this uh, with, with Gressel. Next I just don't want, I don't want everyone to assume that he, he was, he was, that seven hundred thousand was the number that he was going after, and it's like, okay, well, you couldn't have met him halfway, or no, that th- that probably was the halfway for for Julian Gressel. That was probably the minimum he was looking to get, and DC United was the one that stepped up and said, hey, yeah, we'll give you seven hundred thousand if that's the number they even agreed to. Yeah. Um. My my point is that don't assume that that's the number that that Julian Gressel wanted. It's probably a lot higher. And when United that seven hundred thousand to me, I'm like, all right, that's. Well, I think Come last on, week you were saying that you didn't think he was worth that much. That you oh, felt, remember we uh, talked about it on the we talked about it a few weeks ago, talking about how he was probably somewhere between that three or four hundred thousand range. That's what you said, but that's yeah. what sure, yeah. that's what I said. Okay. Don't bring me down to your commentary, Eric. But yeah, no, I'm just kidding. But I I, I I just don't want people to get that aspect confused. That that number, that final number that DC United is paying mm-hmm. is, is is exactly rumored. what he wanted. Yeah, that's not exactly what he wanted. He wanted a lot more. The other big- and that's good. Look, it's good for him. I want him to get as much money as he can. And it's unfortunate that Atlanta United couldn't pay him what he wanted. But he, he I mean, like he said to every reporter he's talked to, he, he was looking out for himself, looking out for his family. Absolutely. Obviously, you want a, a long career, and you want to make the most, uh, the most amount of, the most amount of money you can possibly make within your career because that career 
is short compared to how long your life is. So, and especially, I mean, Julian Gressel is 26 years old. So, I mean, this is the time where you yeah. get that big payday is when you're in your mid to late 20s. Uh, I think that the, the other interesting part about this is that it has, has kind of gone unmentioned is that if he ha- had allowed his contract to expire with Atlanta United, he could not sign anywhere else yeah. in MLS. Atlanta United would own his rights. So, it's either go to Europe or re-sign with Atlanta. And Carlos Bocanegra said, and I don't know if I buy this, but Carlos Bocanegra said they did it to do right by by Julian Gressel because they didn't want to get him into that position. That I didn't so much buy because then later he says, we had to take the emotion out of this decision. So you can't have it both ways and said, this guy did so much for us. You know, We really are indebted to him. We're going to do right by him so he can keep his options open and go anywhere he wants within the league. And then right before that, you know, say, uh, and then after that, say, oh, we had to take the emotion out of this deal. Well, if you look at what he said about the about LGP's deal, how apparently a year ago or whenever it was that they were offered uh, something for for LGP, they I guess they talked talked amongst themselves, talking about how um, if a offer came in on the table that was going to pay LGP much more than he's getting paid now, that they were going to listen to. Right, it. and that was actually an interesting part of that interview was that he said. Offers had come in for Perez from Mexico last year, and basically yeah. they had an agreement with the club at that time. Okay, if I can get a pay raise, then th- 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 this makes sense. You can also me. say it's, it's th- very similar. You can also say the same thing about Carmona. That deal, they could have easily screwed over Carmona, and they didn't. Look, I don't think mm-hmm. I don't think Atlanta United as as Miguel cut, Amidon as well. Sure, I don't think as as cutthroat as they seem to be right now. I don't think Atlanta United is a is a team that's going to really uh, hold a grudge or or look badly upon Julian Gressel for the remainder of his career in MLS. I think if nothing else, they're going to be like, look, we were, it's just the nature of the business. I have a feeling just based on how much he loves the city. I, eventually he'll be back. That would be great. Eventually he'll be back. That would be great. Um, just because I don't, he, I, I, I'm willing to bet he doesn't want to play for anybody else. Oh, I'm he sure he wanted wanna, to. He doesn't I mean, want to play for DC United. Think, he doesn't want to play for anyone other than LA United. I think he'd rather be here. Maybe but. that changes over the next few years when he's in DC United, but I, I mean, I, I have a feeling he'll be back. That's based off nothing, but it's just a, a gut feeling based on how much he loves this city, based off how much history he's he's been a part of yeah. in, in, in Atlanta United's short history. So, look, the one thing that kind of made me, everyone's upset about the actual transfer itself, but the thing that made me kind of stab me in the heart a little bit was his, his uh, in the athletic, Felipe Cardenas talking about his goodbye with Joseph Martinez. How they how they kind of shared a moment, and Julian Gress was talking about how that's probably the most difficult conversation I've had all day. Oh, I bet. I mean, that was the first person I thought about in terms of him talking to his teammates was Joseph Martinez, who's so take benefited note, quite a bit directly from Julian Gressel. Take note, Zach Klein, <laughs> sir. Oh, right, because he's... Get your facts straight, right, cause sir. He's, he's, uh, right, so... I don't know, man. I, I mean, I think... So here's the other part of this. There's the, there's the the financial part of it, which I think we, we, we cover pretty well there from, from all ends. Uh, it, I mean, and... The, it's a kind of a case of who you believe and who you don't, because I just don't know if I buy that the club was doing right by Gressel, and that's why they did it. I think he just came and asked for a trade, and they looked at things and, and decided that they could do it. My thing is this. I'm going to be very worried in general, because, okay, there's a clear new direction of the club, right? It's clear that, uh, you know, the the and this is very common when you switch to a new manager, or just even as time passes, you know, the players are changing. I think the style is changing a little bit. Um, of play, the style of play is changing a little bit, you, but you don't have the eleven to me that you that you need to play what Frank DeBoer wants. And to me, that center mid position is just a gaping hole. There's no way you're going to get through an MLS season with Rometty, Jeff Lorenowitz, and uh, Emerson Hyndman as your three center midfielders. You've got to immediately reinvest. 
this money that you made from Julian Gressel uh, on, on, on a quality starting center midfield player. Because to me, if you want to play a pure version of what Frank DeBoer wants by removing a player like Gressel, who allows you to play a little more direct at times, but you want to play a pure version of what Frank DeBoer wants, you have to have that connecting midfielder that Nagby was last year that can connect defense to attack. I just don't think Emerson Hyman is that guy week in and week out. I don't know if he can hold up physically. I certainly don't think that midfield three of Lorenowitz, Rometty, and Hyman is one that's going to have success in Frank DeBoer's system. So all I would say is that uh, why we, we can sit here and say this deal makes sense financially and whatever. If Atlanta don't have a plan to reinvest the money that they got for Julian Gressel and quickly before you go into CCL – then I'm then I am much much more worried about this new direction and whether the club really uh, understands where it's going. Because if you make a deal like that, surely you're going to turn around and flip that extra money on someone that you weren't able to get before, like a Via Santi or I've, someone I've like kind that. Of, to be honest, I've kind of written off CCL altogether already. Well, you can I, get I've, through. I've got, I mean, you get through Montagua. Yeah, I mean, sure. I, yeah. That, that's that's a I, not not a given, but. Um, I think there's a, a a strong possibility that Atlanta United as well, or at least gets through uh, that round. But beyond that, I I have no expectation that this team, because I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not of the belief that they're going to do anything. I mean, I think t- I think that this is a, maybe fair. one or two more pieces just as depth t- to the depth that you already have. But otherwise, you've got what you've got at, if, at this point. If that, I don't, I don't think there's going to be a big splashy signing here in the in the next month or so. If that is the case, then I think you just made a huge mistake trading Julian Gressel because if you can't play a pure possession style of Frank DeBoer ball then you need a player that can play that direct final ball and we saw that last year I mean Julian Gressel saved the Atlanta United season in a lot of ways because he was able to give the team uh, and Frank DeBoer to his credit showed some tactical flexibility by basically saying our right and we talked about this all last year our right side is the side we go direct on we hit Julian in space he plays someone behind he crosses the ball if we go down the left then you get Miram Barco drifts to that side Heinemann drifts to that side so and it's a little more tiki-taka possession play down the left so you had a more pure form of what Frank DeBoer wanted on the left flank and kind of a little bit more of what we saw the first two seasons that are taught to Martino with Julian Gressel playing those direct balls on the right and that was kind of your saving grace when the possession play didn't work as the players struggled to adapt to learn it as you didn't have the personnel maybe yet to play it. If you don't have Julian Gressel to get you out of those problems now, then you could very well end up in situations like we saw the first month of last season where you're just holding the ball for 65-70% of the time. No coincidence that in those matches Julian Gressel was playing in the middle and not on the wing. Uh, and, you, and you're just not creating anything. And you could end up in that exact same position that Atlanta United was the first month or two of last season. So I'm super worried about this because I think Gressel was the uh, the key to the team in the sense of effectively being able to connect Frank DeBoer's tactics with what the team was used to the previous two years. If you're going to play, go all in on what Frank DeBoer wants, I'm fine with that, but the personnel just isn't there to do it right now, specifically getting a box-to-box center mid. So I I agree with you in most cases. I, I think a lot of these players haven't been asked to do anything than we've, what we've already seen for the most part. Yeah. Um, so being asked to do something that they haven't done, we'll see how well they can do those things. You're, you're not wrong because, I mean, you're only, you can only base off what you what you know about these right. players. Um, but I think that it's, it's, it's automatic that you insert – uh, Tilo Vijalba in for wherever Gressel would have played. Well, the thing and whatever is, though, looking at for but Eric, if you go to back four, then Gressel, it, it, it doesn't matter. You just go, you go Tito, Tito and I mean, sorry, you go Barco and Piti as your wingers. You have a midfield three. 
and then Tito still sits. The, so people keep saying, oh, you know, Gressel is leaving this huge void. No, only if you're playing a back three with a wing back. He was a very good right winger, and certainly you could argue that he was more effective than PT, maybe even Barco last year at that position. But him going out of the lineup doesn't necessarily mean someone from the bench is sliding in. I think it just means more guaranteed minutes for Barco and PT playing as wingers in the 4-3-3. We're also assuming it's still a 4-3-3. Well, that's the thing. We'll see. Uh, so that's what I think. I mean, <laughs> like, I, like I, I see where the, the thought comes from, but we're still we're making big assumptions thinking. It's oh, a we sure are. And, and as you've, if you listened last week, you know better than to listen to us at this point. But <laughs> I, I think that the idea is to bring more. If listeners I was in, to Josh. guess, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're gonna get these right this week. My guess, based on the signings that we've seen, is it is a little more pure style of what Frank DeBoer wants. Four three three attacking fullbacks. Wing players, the same wing players as last year, but wing players that naturally drift inside into the middle and kind of fill that number 10 area, and then a little bit deeper center midfield trio so you can build out of the back a little slower. Like I said, I don't think you can do that with Emerson Hindman week in and week out just because I don't think he holds up physically. But to me, based on the signings I've seen, and now that Gressel is gone, I think you're going to be fully committed to that style that Land United executed with pretty mixed results last season. I'm waiting until the preseason. I'm waiting to, to see It'll, what they look like against yeah. uh, against Birmingham. I'm waiting to see what what uh, the first few matches of the season look like. I again, I'm not really concerned about CCL at this point. That's house money to me at this point. That those are free games you get to play. Um, for all I care, they can use them as 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 an extended preseason, and I'm totally yeah, fine with that. I, mean, I think they're going to get by uh, Matagua, but at the same time, I'm I'm not. I'm not really. Just, I'm not really concerned with the results end up being but there. I, I just think that would be such a shame, and that would really I, d- discourage d- see, me. I, I would. The- I do too. Because after last year and the performance you had last year, you would expect them to do, to, to go into and this year doing a, with the minds that they're going to do a lot better than they did last year. But I don't think they anticipated all the turnover. Well, and the Gressel thing, I can see it. I mean, they maybe didn't expect him to come in and and, and ask for a trade. But I just I. It, it, this shouldn't be happening two years in a row where you're going into yeah. CCL unsure of who your best 11 are. Last year, I get it. You have a new manager. Miguel Miron's gone. You had like a two-hour off season. You know, then, and then next thing you know, you're off this the Costa Rica. This is what Rica. happens with championship teams. You, you get, you, these, these players get plucked. Exactly. And I, and, I, and I think the club has, for the most part, done a decent job of being prepared for those things and having a, a plan in place. But like I said, losing Gressel... It's not about replacing Gressel. It's about if you're going to go to 4-3-3, you have to find a third center midfielder that can play there. With Gressel, you could play 3-4-3-3-5-2 and just play two holding midfielders and go. But Josh, the man told you he's happy with the team that he has. Right. Well, he better he's, say He's ready that. to go. He better say 2020 is right around the corner. He's ready. I just think, I, I think it would be a real shame if you go into this season with similar, que- I mean, maybe more questions to last year. You should have had questions last year. You lost on your own. You have a new manager. You're in new territory in CCL. There's no excuse for, for going down that same road again this season. So the reason I bring up the fact that I don't think anything's happening um, is because I got some some more uh, an update, I guess, from what? Roberto Rojas. Oh, regarding Roberto. Regarding the uh, Paraguayans, the Paraguayan perplexion here. Okay, got you. Um, his agent, he sent me the audio of his agent, and essentially his agent said that uh, Cerro Porteño gave the okay for MLS teams. He didn't specify who. MLS teams to talk to these two players, and uh, it it appears that the salaries that are being negotiated, there's there's an issue between DP and TAM level player, mm-hmm. and 
He actually, can you imagine these guys like, actually, what? You can only pay, what yeah, is TAM? He specifically brings up, apparently, he goes, I, he, he does it in Spanish, but he, he, he brings up the fact that apparently there's a, there's a certain level in which certain players can get paid, and on top of that, this is the hilarious part, they got to pay taxes, and I was like, what? Wait, what? That's a new thing? <laughs> Uh, he might have made us the uh, best of the time I, there. Look, I, maybe they don't pay, pay taxes in Paraguay. I, I don't know, but that that was brought up. That was something was that was something I was specifically maybe it's mentioned. A higher level, of and uh, so that made me think that okay, well, these players definitely want to be DP. Well, at least one of them want to want to be DP player, um, or, or possibly the and for all we know, the other one wants to be a tan player. Or that's the amounts that they're asking for. And they're just trying to maximize the amount they sure. make. So they might be coming in so saying, if, pay me DP money. If you pair that with what, uh, and I have no idea, the, Atlanta United is, the name, the, the Atlanta United, the name, the club, had kind of been backed off of these two players. And now it's just MLS. Yeah. That's yeah, all yeah, that's yeah. been said so far. Yeah. That, that makes me think that, that that maybe Atlanta United, if they were in, they're kind of, they've kind well, of backed off I mean, off I think you're point. probably competing for sure. them, perhaps yeah, yeah. the MLS teams, and again, that's why I say the difference there could be seven hundred fifty thousand of allocation money. That's extra money that you can use use to apply to their salary you, that maybe you didn't have before. So maybe that move links directly to getting these paying these guys. Maybe that you, yeah, you couldn't before, or probably just one of them. But the the thing that I find interesting is that Carlos Bogenegger specifically said they weren't going to be kind of backed into a corner or or kind of be uh, uh, too too or too eager to make a deal. Yeah. So that makes me think either one is is asking for too much, or Atlanta United doesn't. Well, they'd still be asking for too much, but maybe Atlanta United doesn't value them at, at the whatever level that they want, or that they value themselves at, or because Sarah Portenio apparently, according to the to the agent, they've given the okay. So if there's a transfer fee, that apparently has been agreed to. Because Cerro Porteño are in financial dire straits, right? Where they're they basically have players, to yeah. sell the, the players, uh, so so it's a contract issue. And again, maybe that's why you go out and get some more allocated money. Um, but either way, uh, you, whether it's Via Santi or somebody else, oh, I know how we can get Via Santi signed. Arzamendia. I want Via Santi the center man. Oh, so do I. Here's how we do it. I think he fits Atlanta Hold perfectly. On. Right, we're now. gonna get him signed. Oh gosh. There is absolutely no way that Villasanti <laughs> is coming to Atlanta United. I bet my life on it. There is no way that we do this podcast next week and we've signed Villasanti or Arzamandia. Clip that, uh, Mr. Producer, if you would clip that. We're going to save that, throw it on the Instagram. Eric is pointing at no one, by the way. We don't have Because I'm, I'm, I'm the producer. Eric's the producer. I'm yeah. my own producer. <laughs> Point at yourself next time. You, Mr. <laughs> producer. All right, there you heard it here first. Another great prediction from Mouths of the South podcast. No chance of a Villasanti signing. No chance whatsoever. And in fact... There is certainly no way that the club are going to go out and sign a starting center midfield player. No way whatsoever. You heard it here first. No one gives you predictions like me. <laughs> I can just keep rattling this off. Tata Martino, ninety-nine percent to say. Which one's which one? I was just about to bring that up. Which <laughs> which one is worse? Oh, you. What happened with you last week? No, your, this yours week is or, worse. Or mine. I mean, mine might. Your yours is worse because you said ninety nine percent Tata to stay. At least I said unless he gets traded, it's That's not going to happen. If you, you just played yeah. those last three seconds, I'd seem really smart. But no, unfortunately, I threw him in there. I think. Yeah, you know yeah, you yeah, did. I, I know, so I appreciate. But you know, of course, the context and the whole statement proves that uh, that I, that I was clueless. But uh, <laughs> at the end, at least at the end, I said you know unless he gets traded, I had a caveat. You were just like Tata's Tata's staying. He's staying for sure. He's still uh, staying. He's coming back. Him and Gressel, package deal back to the ATL, two, three years. So I thought it'd be interesting to go over the uh, the the players that Atlanta United currently has. Adam John, who 
was just signed out of big uh, time Phoenix signing. Riding. We Phoenix led the show Rising. with that signing. Look, we always go into a season and we never know where we're going to get out of player. So and you need a backup nine for let's Joseph. not it's let's not. not act like we know exactly what's going to happen with some of these players. For all we know, Adam John could be the next best thing, and we just have no one's discovered him yet. I'm confident that it is not the case. <laughs> Um, Lagos Kunga, who is uh, on loan with Phoenix Rising, uh, Joseph Martinez, uh, Pity Martinez, Tito Vijadba, those are the forwards. Midfielders, Mo Adam, Zico Barco, Andrew Carlton, who's obviously on loan to um, Indy 11, Luis Fernando, uh, Emerson Hyman, Jeff Lorenowitz, Eric Rometty. Defenders, George Bello, George Camp- uh, Campbell, uh, Edgar Castillo, Franco Escobar, John Gallagher, who's obviously on loan with Aberdeen. Uh, Brooks Lennon, Fernando Meza. Patrick Nielsen, uh, who's uh, the, one of the draft picks, Miles Robinson, Anton Walks, and goalkeepers, Brad Gazan, three goalkeepers, Brad Gazan, Alec Can, uh, Brandon Moore. So, I mean, you're... It's, com- not, it's definitely not a complete team. I like the back four, and you've got depth yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got depth there, uh, and I like your front three. You've got depth there as well, you, you know, See, but, I, I, but that I, midfield worries me. I, I'm... Uh, I kind of wish we still had Andrew Carlton. What's in it? I mean, you, like, you kind of wonder if you knew that Gressel was going to go, you would like to have one more player there. Although I was going to say, I mean, can you recall him? Linked, is that, is that you, at this early? <laughs> Although you are linked heavily with, uh, what is it, Jack Mulraney from, uh, from, from Scotland, so, so maybe that. there is a plan to bring someone in. But is he the savior in. there? Well, I mean, you're talking about like a fourth choice the, winger. I don't, I, yeah, I think he's a depth, I mean, he's replacing Carlton's depth that he would have provided, I think. Um, Look, I, I, I see. I see signing. why you're nervous. I also know that uh, this league is weird, and things oh, happen. Yeah. And if you had told me last year to start the season, we were looking at a, 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 a possibly hosting MLS Cup toward the end. I, I wouldn't have believed you. Sure, sure. So, and, and I think if you look at that team, if you're, I think first of all, one thing I would for sure with that team is they're not coming anywhere close to supporter shield, but. You do have the, the 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 individual quality across your back line and across your front line, where you could just get into really good form in the playoffs and outscore outscore a bunch of people, or maybe have some amazing individual performances from uh, Fernando Mesa or something like that. Uh, but in the end, you just you just don't have the balance with that midfield. I mean, you read off those midfielders, Eric. So Mo Adams, Ezekiel Barco, uh, Luis uh, Luis Fernando, Emerson Hyman, Jeff Lorenowitz, uh, Eric Rometty. So the, the first thing you look at that is those are pretty much all defensive holding midfielders of some type. Mo Adams is, Eric Rometty is, and Jeff Lorenowitz is. Emerson Hyman is, is similar. Like I said, you need a player similar to Nagby. Hyman is one. I don't think you want to put Barco in that position. No, I heard because that. Because you want him further up the pitch. Somewhere, and I was like, ah. Maybe in a pinch. Like, I think like he has, for one match. It's something we've talked about. I when think someone's gone down with an injury or a red card me, or something like that, that's the only time I want to see him And if you play him there, you, you have forward. to go two sixes behind him because he's not necessarily one to come back and defend a bunch. And that's not a knock on him. That's just, that's just where he's most effective on the pitch. But if you read through that list of midfielders, I mean, it takes an Emerson Hyndman in, uh, injury for you not to even have a box-to-box midfielder on your roster. I mean, and, and I'm sitting here and saying, I don't think Heinemann can start week in and week out. So, I mean, that's the gaping hole is the, is, is, is the center midfield of this team. And you're not going to be able to play possession style of football unless you have a very cohesive midfield three. That's why I'm worried. And I don't accept. I, I, get, I get it. And I, get I, it. I don't, I'm not going to accept from the club this is a rebuilding year. And we're, we're, no. I, you have high expectations. You have given the fans high expectations. You have insisted on 
evaluating your own moves with high expectations. So if you get caught with your pants down on the Julian Gressel trade and you enter the season with a tactical problem, that's on you. So I don't, I really don't want to hear. And you might be right, Eric, but I don't want to hear from the club that that this came out of nowhere and that uh, Brooks Lennon is a contingency plan because, like I said, the real contingency plan has to be in the center of the park because when Julian Gressel goes, you're basically committing to a back four with three center midfielders instead of a back three with two. Because if you have two center midfielders, and I said this, you play double six, you put Gressel out wide, you're good. But if you play a 4-3-3 and you're not getting box-to-box contributions from all three center midfielders, and I don't think you have three midfielders of those quality right now, you can't play the way Frank DeBoer wants. And so I'm just, and there's no excuse in the second year of Frank DeBoer for the team to enter the season with such a gaping hole and such an important area of the pitch for any manager, but particularly for one that wants to play possession football. Look, they've got a few preseason matches that are closed to the public. There's pl- and there's plenty of two, time. There's two, plenty of time to fix are, this. Yeah, two that are open to the media. We'll see how that goes. This is all even before Birmingham. I'm going to give them to Birmingham. And then I want to kind of see what it looks like. And by all, for all we know, we have a, another signing or, or something, hopefully, to kind of at least give us some hope that there's a, a, a semblance of a, a I just, solid plan. I just hope I, they recognize I, what we recognize. The, the, Gressel, the Gressel move creates a problem in the middle. I, do, the I, gr- I agree. Yeah. I agree that that's an issue. I just don't think that they expect it. And I don't know what originally the Nagby replacement was going to be, but I, because you had to have known that he was leaving. Gressel, oh, I can Gressel, I can understand that. And that's maybe why you, you had signed Hyman. Yeah, LGP, yeah, yeah. I can understand how that was more of a surprise than maybe all three, the either of the other two. But that 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 doesn't really affect how how this team attacks. And, and I mean, you can go grab a center back, not anywhere, but it's a lot easier to go grab a center back than someone sure. that can contribute in the, from the middle of the field. It, I, I I am concerned. I'm just I until the front office. Oh, I'm with you. I trust Until them. Until the front office proves to me that they have no idea what they're doing, I agree. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna trust them. I'm kind of playing bad cop here, but in the end, I agree. I mean, I think they have bought more There's, than enough. Uh, I have a feeling like there is some plan in place. They're working on something. But I'm saying, if that's in the summer, that is not. That is. Not, I'm not cool with that. He, I, I, <laughs> I agree with you yeah. to an extent because uh, how often have we seen a team completely turn it around with one signing and end up getting into the playoffs and making a run? Yeah, I know, but but but, it's but this not like team it, could. It's not like it's not like it, it's it's unheard of to do exactly what you don't want to happen. No, absolutely. I didn't want Gressel to get traded. So <laughs> no, I mean it's it's look. Yeah. I, to be honest, I'm just glad this happened kind of all at once in one quick hit, as opposed to hearing rumors for weeks and and yeah. and getting the stuff on social media about uh, Gressel not being happy, and then Gressel asked for a trade, and then uh, you know, a week and a half later... That also keeps his value up within the league. Yeah, I'm so glad this was a a, a, a swift kick, to, kick in the nuts, as opposed to you know pinching you every five seconds for, for Pinching for your nuts weeks. every five seconds for three weeks. That would be worse. Uh, I, I, I just... I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I just this is a fascinating moment for the club, and in a lot of ways, I think the way that they respond from this transfer is going to define Frank DeBoer. It might define Darren Eels, Carlos Bocanegra as well. We'll see. Do you? So, who do you put it most on at this moment? Uh, because I, well, I, I put it I most on Julian Gressel because he requested the trade. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing, right? I mean, I've heard a lot of people say it was a Bocanegra. I, see, I don't. I don't. I don't. I can't blame him though. We've already kind of exhausted this, but you don't I, I blame just, Gressel. I can't blame Gressel. Oh, of course not. No. Go get your money, man. 
He's a human being. Yeah, go get your Yeah, mic. no, I don't, and I think, and I, I will give the Atlanta fans for all our emotional I breakdowns I, about I, this. There's been some, not many people saying, oh, you you snake, you just went for the money. I, I haven't seen that much. I haven't seen that mentioned much. I think it's more of just a sad reaction that he's gone. And good for him. He, he was in a very tough spot where the only way, since Atlanta would own his rights after the season, the only way that he could get a big raise in the short term, get traded within the league, which we didn't think would happen. Uh, but did or get sold to Germany? So good for him. Got a big raise. Uh, I'm really interested to see uh, see how he does there. You can play a side on the left, Russell on the right. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> I uh, at DC. Well, I'll wait till well, once we're in season, actually facing uh, Julian Gressel and DC United, and talk badly about him because I won't do that now because this is a this is a podcast of remembrance for Julian Gressel. This is a podcast of remembrance. Yes, the good things that were with. Can we play some Sarah McLaughlin? Something like that. Uh, Yeah, but I just... Where you go from here is is critical. And it's not not like it's a huge fix. I just really hope the club don't think that... Because I I heard Felipe speaking with you on the radio show, Eric, about how the the club had a contingency plan for Gressel potentially leaving with players like Brooks Lennon and whatnot. And and I want to go a little deeper into the tactical... uh, effective Julian Gressel, and also self-plug shamelessly my article on Dirty South Soccer, basically just reviewing his time in Atlanta. And if you go through Tata Martino's time in Atlanta, the key change was him shifting to a back three, moving Julian Gressel out wide. Exact same for Frank DeBoer. So he was like your cheat code for both managers when they couldn't get things exactly how they wanted. They said, okay, we'll just play a little, you know, we'll play three center backs so we can settle things in the back, and then we've got this dude that's going to be in space on the right and just going to, you know, provide, provide create chances all night long. Um, I mean, that that's a very valuable piece, and it's something that you can fall back on if the team isn't playing the way you really want. So you better have a cohesive roster you think can play your style of play to I, start this season. I think he was so dangerous on that right side that he the the the, the, the success you did see out of Barco out of Pity, the reason you saw it is because they were given space provided by the danger. Absolutely. That, the danger that was that was uh being presented by Julian Gressel. I mean, you you eliminate that, that, that that's where I'm more worried. I, I think they'll figure out something for ne- for twenty twenty. I don't think it'll be the same thing we we've seen um in one way or the other over the last three years, I think we'll see something different. Because, yeah, yeah. you have to. You can't do the same thing you did last yeah. year. My concern is how that affects Pity, how that affects Barco, how that affects Joseph. Obviously, Joseph is uh, he's going to get service. You're not going to not service uh, Joseph Martinez no matter who's out there. Uh, somehow he's going to get... I would service Joseph Martinez. <laughs> somehow he's going to get uh, 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 some numbers. Yeah. I, I, it's, I, it's a matter of everyone else being able to produce for him that uh, that I'm more concerned with. It's not so much, oh, we're going to miss out on Julian Gressel. It's time for other people to step up. I think you can't the, depend on Julian Gressel. You, you couldn't depend, depend on Julian Gressel all 2020 if he were still here. Yeah. And you got to have other people and step a, up. You got very lucky to score a guy in the MLS draft that in some way saved your last two seasons. Uh, so I, that's, a, that's, that's, a, that's a, just, a, just a big part of it. I mean, he's been such a big part of what you've done. Um, and I think that you look, the player that I think, you know, you mentioned PT, Barco, Joseph, how they adapt. I do think that PT in particular, this gives him a much better opportunity to flourish because something that we noticed all last season was that PT playing inverted on the right, uh, or if he was, you know, he prefers to drift to his right. So he, him and Julian Gressel were just like kind of 
getting in each other's space. You know, like I just mentioned, Julian Gressel wanted to be isolated so he could whip in crosses and things like that. PT is more, uh, you know, more a player that wants to combine with teammates or, or dribble a player, things like that. So I think with Gressel removed, his attacking prowess kind of removed from that right side. Now you have a chance for PT to really roam free and hopefully flourish in that position. Fingers crossed uh, whatever Tito's getting paid is worth it in 2020. Yeah, and then well. Tito's he's, great he's the depth. other one that needs to step up. Yeah, definitely. And I thought, you know, Bocanegra kind of alluded in the conference call where he basically said we expect, you know, because everyone says who's going to replace these, I think it was 12 assists, 5 yeah. goals. And he said PT, PT and Barco. And I think the reason you can be confident about that is because if you were playing, excuse me, without Gressel in that spot last year, I think those guys probably would get a lot more goals and assists, or particularly assists anyway. Um, because you're running the offense more so through them, uh, so it's it's. I, I mean, again, I, it changes everything. It, it creates a huge domino effect on the entire roster, and and who needs to do what. And like I was mentioning, you just don't have that kind of cheat code out wide when things aren't going well that could just lump across into the box, uh, and, and and result in a goal. Is there anything happy to talk about? No, I have a negative update on the Uruguayan week. Oh, great! No update. That's the update. Oh well, <laughs> don't there? No one's coming, Atlanta United. There's no. I mean, look. There's no update. That means there's no noise. That means, in all likelihood, I just really, there, really there was no interest, or the interest died. I just really want us to sign them, and then we can clip my comment insisting Viasanti's not coming as our teaser next week. Fingers crossed, man. Yes, I think everyone would would I do it would for rejoice. you people out there. Franco Escobar rejoice. transfer rumor, as if I mean, it's speaking of oh, sad. Oh, you know what? Yeah, to Rossing in uh, Argentina. I would uh, I would advise people with the rumor. Doesn't seem like a lot of smoke to it. Also, even within the rumor, they say that the club, Rossing, is choosing between three players for that spot. Escobar is one of them. Wouldn't be too worried about that one I yet. Think, I think a, the way they phrase it, he's maybe second preference. Yes. yes. That, doesn't, that doesn't mean they can come in and just pluck him. I, I'm not going to say there's no way, but I, I would highly doubt that. That one didn't. I would highly doubt yeah. that Atlanta United would let them come in and just pluck, uh, pluck another key player. For the 2020 season. No, I mean, at this right, point, right, there's no right way. The yeah, starts. especially another right-sided player. Gressel's different. If I if I get a tweet saying, oh, they let Gressel go, it's like, that's not the same. We said don't let another player go. <laughs> now that Gressel at, is gone, at, at this, don't let at another this player point, go. At this point, in the, yeah. it, this late in the season. Yeah, so. I don't know, man. It's been a, it's been a sad week. Been, been crying a lot, you know. Eating lots of crying? ice cream. Look, I love. I'm just, I'm just kidding. I, I'm just kidding. There's no, there's no crying just, for course, me, man. There's no crying. And I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. MLS. I'm not gonna down anyone that 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 is that emotional that'll cry over a player. But I didn't cry. I just, just know kidding. that I didn't cry. People just know that I'm not, I'm not crying for Julian Gressel and his seven hundred thousand dollars. No, I'm thrilled for I'm Julian. Not, I'm I not mean, crying you, over that. If you were a real <laughs> Julian Gressel fan of the person, I mean of of the player, the person, the, and yeah, the pl- exactly. Everything that he is huge for him. Um, You're celebrating this. You know, one thing I want to, before we wrap it up on Gressel, you brought this up, Eric, is how does he do in D.C. when we were doing our show prep? And we kind of agreed that we think he's going to, I think he'll do well, but I think he's going to fade away a little bit because they buy this guy with the intentions of playing at wing back all the time. You know, like, I think they expect him to play through the middle of the park. I think they expect him to play as a right winger. So Unless they use him exactly the way Atlanta United used him. I think you're going to see him take a step back. Me too. Over over the oh, when it comes to how he does over over the, over the the rest of the league. I totally agree. I think he takes a step back. I think it's a great move for him financially. I think it's a great move for his career. Um, and I want to see him do well. So I mean, do I. yeah. I mean, Every, we know it, he's a good player. Everyone other than Atlanta United. 
But we saw this, and I think Atlanta fans particular who watched him week in and week out saw the difference of value of him depending on where he's playing. And his versatility is a huge and wonderful thing, but there's a clear difference in the quality of Julian Gressel in the middle, Julian Gressel at right wing, Julian Gressel at right wing back. Uh, and he's not bad at any of those spots, but he's not a 700000 a year whatever player at center mid in yeah. MLS. I think he's... An average I, I barely, to above I, average MLS starter at center mid. I barely think he's a seven hundred thousand dollar player with Atlanta. As United. you said last week, yeah, no said he's he's, right? he's <laughs> worth that if those stats that make him worth that if he's playing in the position where he garnered yeah. accumulated he, sure, most of those stats that made him worth so much in the yeah, first exactly. place. And I don't even want to say it's just wing back; it's wing back and right wing. But we've seen time and time again in the, in, the, in matches where the tempo's a little bit slower that he's not a, a great touch and complete a simple 10-yard pass or a guy to play one-twos with or a guy to unlock the uh, unlock the defense with a combination play or a dribble. He's a guy that gives you service from wide, and that is the reason that he's valued as high as he is because of more or less one thing. Everywhere else, pretty good. But there's one reason and his assists and one part of the pitch that has caused him to have this type of value. It's not his play at center mid. What you're saying is he's not good in tight spaces. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I probably should have said that. that. That's that's a lot fewer words. What you're saying is he's not good in sight. Could in you just spaces. written that down to me? How about you say three words instead tight of 150? Spaces. Yeah. So. Next time. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think you bring up a great point, Eric, When and I think people need to, if you want to get real perspective on this, it's a great move for Julian Gressel. Well, welcome to the team, John. Meanwhile, yeah, Adam John comes <laughs> Adam in. Adam John, welcome to the team. Who we who amazingly is well known by Atlanta United fans because he had the penalty kick for Columbus in 2017 that knocks us out of the postseason. You know that's just you know think about who your backup strikers were for Joseph Martinez so far: Kenwin Jones, Brendan Vasquez. Hope you weren't expecting too much uh, out of the backup <laughs> striker signing this year. Although Carlos Bocanegra said one, oh no, Frank DeBoer said one interesting thing where he mentioned that. If the team played two strikers, you might see Tito Vigalba go up there. And that was one thing that he was resistant to do last year. Uh, so maybe John is even more of a third option at your number nine position, and Tito is is, is your de facto backup striker, I, which was not the case last year. I really hope they just go after one more player. It's just it's just one. No, I agree. Because you still really need a— I you still, really think, Eric, if you get that center mid in there— You still need a left back, too. A starting quality. It's, yeah, you're left right. Back. You're right. You're right. But like if they just got if they just got one of the two and then just found a way to play differently in the middle, then I'm 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 in. Yeah. I, one or the other though. For me, the center mid is more important because I can live with a weakness a weakness at left back, that's something you can correct in July. That's something you can go if if it's that bad. But a weakness at the center mid position is a big matzo ball out. We're also here's the other thing. <clears throat> the way this team is kind of built right now. It might go great for the first half of the season, but any injury or any any bad run mm-hmm. of form and the entire team crumbles by any one of these players for especially, the most part. Especially, I think, especially I think through the middle. I mean, if Jeff Lorenowitz goes down, you don't have anyone to to play as an out and out six. We know Eric Rometty can play as a deeper midfielder, but he's more of a ball hawk. I don't know if Mo Adams is that type of player to play there, and we know if Emerson Heinemann gets hurt, you have no center midfielder that can influence the attack the way you want going forward. So there, you just don't have, uh, you just, and it's only like you said, Eric, it's one or two guys. And for me, if you bring in that connecting mid, you hit on that signing. This goes, th- this is a contending team. 
I really do believe that because you've got a good back four, See, you've, got a good ba- you've got a good front three, you just need to solidify things to the center of the park. Even then, I, I, you've set yourself up to where unless you've changed the, 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 completely the style of play to where it's, you know, for lack of better phrasing, where it's, it's no fun soccer, it's slow soccer, it's boring soccer, uh, I mean, there's, there's, there's nothing here that gives me confidence that, that the fans are going to be happy. With the way the style of play in 2020, based on that roster, based off this roster, I think this is a very slow, much more methodical way of playing. Oh, it is. Yeah, no. And and, by, and, by 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 mean by that even would worse work. than what you've seen, what you saw at moments in uh, in 2019. And rather than we said when we when we play slow, what we really mean is you're struggling to create chances. It's not like you're purposefully playing slow. Uh, and the player that brings that together, I'm just saying the same thing over and over. But the player that brings that together <laughs> is, is eight. Is the is, Nagby spot? So th- what this looks like to me is like is a bunch of seventy percent possession, seventy eighty percent possession games. That's what you don't and, want. And one one nothing, too much possession. One nothing losses. Well, if you lose, isn't it? Yeah, no, and you don't want seventy eighty percent. That's too much. That means the defense is just chilling behind the ball. You want high fifties. You know that means you have a lot of the ball, but you're dangerous enough with it that your possessions aren't taking. So long, which would indicate you're passing the ball back, you're moving it side to side. So, but you're, I mean, it's at the same time, Eric. But can I mean, so if you got, let's say Pity steps up this year and finds a way, I still, I don't think that's happening, but mm. let's say he does. I think he's going to be good this year. Let's is he go. a guy that can be the, the, cause the only way I see this, this succeeding is if you're playing like 2017, where you're purposely going balls to the wall. Cause you don't have a lot of balance. Right. You're just over the top, run onto balls. Go fast. And in that case, you just traded the player who sparked. <laughs> and then granted, maybe I, he yeah, demanded the trade. Sure. But, but uh, I mean, again, I, uh, that's the only way I see if Pity Martinez can flourish in that system, that's the only way I see this thing working out. Because then you throw Tito in there and that's that, that you know, you've got a lot of danger. Yeah. No, but I, Pity's not that guy. Barco's not even that guy. Well, those guys are final third players. You have to have yeah. guys to get the ball to them. But that's why I say that if you look at the back four is good, you look at the front three, you're good. You just need that cohesive center midfield trio to be able to take the ball from defense to attack and then let those guys do what they do best. Otherwise, you just end up, like you said, Eric, with a lot of the ball and not many chances, or it just falls apart completely. And you, because the thing is, it might be hard to it might be hard to hold possession in general if you don't have the center midfield cohesion that you want. That being said, I think Emerson Hindman being such a good passer. Uh, you can. You, you, I would probably expect the team to control possession again. But if you don't have balance through the center, all that's going to happen is you're going to pass the ball, pass the ball, pass the ball, and then when you lose it, you're going to get gashed down the middle on the counter. Our spine is weak. Our spine is weak. Our spine is weak. That's but, the model but, for 2020. But it can be fixed quickly. That would be the one thing. And, and it, you have a spinal fusion and just cure this thing right up. Yes, that's right? true. A medical procedure <laughs> of some sort would be good. Um, Can I... Go completely off topic. Well, yes. not completely off topic. Yeah, we're, we're, Have you ever checked out one of these e-league soccer or FIFA matches, FIFA tournaments on TV? Uh, or, or ever uh, on Twitch? Or? I've seen not 20 to 30 seconds of it before, yeah. I went to this e-league foot champions cup thing. Was that FIFA? FIFA. So it was a FIFA, people playing FIFA. Oh my god! Oh yeah, Land United had a guy representing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pablo Neto. Yeah, okay. pa- No, pa- not Pablo. Paulo Neto. Paulo Neto. Gotcha. Yeah, it was cool. So what's the? I thought you played FIFA a little bit. I'm I'm a, I'm much. a pest I'm a pest guy. 
Well, I'm oh. older now. I don't play video games as much, but I'm a pest guy. It's just a superior game, and I will fight anyone who says otherwise. But uh, they just don't have the. Uh the, they don't have the uh, the, the licenses. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, yeah. You got to play with you know man red and stuff. <laughs> but uh, man red. <laughs> yeah, there's like man red, man blue. It's it's amazing. Um, it's not man you. It's man v. Man v. Right. <laughs> uh, so what is it like though? Is it like no? It like was how cool. do you so, watch? Are they so playing on like a big TV? I, I've or? always those things that I have watched. Uh, so this is my first experience with with any kind of FIFA tournament with with all these professional FIFA mm-hmm. you know e league players or whatever. Um, what I've seen on TV was all these other uh, first-person shooter games that uh, were being broadcast on 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 TV, on ABC, on on whatever. And uh, it was weird because I I walk into the studio. Uh, this is the the Turner uh, Warner Media Studios. Is that mm-hmm. Turner Building with the Cartoon Network? Oh yeah, right up highway. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I walk into there, and one, if you've never been inside a radio studio or a TV studio, it's always like put a sweater on in the middle of summer, cold. Really? That's how cold these things are because of all the equipment they have to run. Oh, Normally, yeah, it all yeah. runs hot. So this was no different. So I walk in there. I see, uh, I see uh, Kevin Egan, oh. Jill Sackovitz. Oh wow! And uh, Kevin Egan's doing his thing all day. The were, they, were, they, were they commentating on it, or were they just? So uh, Kevin Egan was the host. He had two guys with him. I forget their names because I don't watch their YouTube channels for a living. Yeah. Uh, but Kevin Egan uh, was was hosting the whole thing, and then they had two other separate commentators that actually commentated on the uh, the FIFA matches. It was cool. It was it interesting. Was cool. No no audience though, so we were just kind of watching these two pro players go at it. And what looks different about someone that that level playing FIFA as compared to like, oh the skill you moves, or me. the skill moves, and how quick they play. Um, it looks more like it looks like a a. I would say based on how I saw it, it looks like a. Um, uh, like what you see on TV, just in, like fast forward. But the skill move, uh, well, so plus, faster. Plus the skill move, everything's just faster. Um, they clearly know every, and they don't get angry. Every oh, they do. But they, they're not like random, oh, randomly. So you'll have the two guys in the middle at the main stage playing, and you'll have <laughs> the two commentators like toward the side, uh, watching on this like big screen. They're not uh-huh. even watching the players; they're just watching the big screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they'll have a row. They have like on one side they had all the PS4 uh, players, on the other side they had all the, the the Xbox players. And so randomly throughout the match, while they're commentating, you'll just hear someone go. Bah, la, la, la. Yeah, I know because I, I everyone's had an epic FIFA freakout in their life, so it's hilarious. But no, it was cool. It That's was uh, it was it was fun to watch. Uh, if you were a good chance to, how do did that. Uh, how did uh, Mister Neto do? For Not great. I think United. he won the first two match two matches on Friday and had to win one more, and he lost three straight. Ooh! Got a wow! Chance, got a chance to talk Atlanta to him. sports baby. Got a chance to talk to him, so it was uh, it was fun uh, catching up with him, meeting up a little bit. I think he's back in Brazil now. But uh, was 16, he upset? Sixteen years old. I mean, he he still had a tournament. Apparently, they do like a weekend tournament. He's six. That guy is sixteen, 16 years old. Sixteen years old, traveling the world, playing FIFA professionally. What are you doing with your life? I I, I don't know. I was about to say I feel really <laughs> bad about myself. Well, what are you for, doing with your life? I don't know. Not that. That sounds great. Good for him. It was cool. Yeah, if you get a chance to uh, to check it out. At some point in the near future, or at any point in the, in, in the future, I recommend it. It's a cool thing. I went for one day, um, and uh, it was fun. It was cool. It sounds cool. I I did hear I a couple them, things I about I that. I could have taken them. You could have won. I could have taken. You were that guy. I oh, I should have. I could have done it on yeah. the main stage with the commentators. That'd be awesome. Kevin Egan rooting me on. Oh, he would be. Eags would be totally biased towards you. I'm sure. I'm totally sure he'd be biased. Yeah, sport of the bomber jacket. What? Sport of the bomber jacket. Really. Saturday. I didn't know was he cool. was a swagged out guy. Like, oh yeah, you got cool. it. 
That sounds fun. And also, y'all out there, make sure to keep following Dirty South Soccer. We've had so much awesome content on the Gressel deal. I mean, obviously, I plugged my tactical article, but Toyota Football had a great article on his trade value if you want to learn a little bit more about the number side of it. Uh, Rob Usry, uh, one of our fearless leaders, had a great piece about uh, kind of what we just mentioned about good for Julian for, for going out and getting his. Um, yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of good stuff, and we'll, there will be lots more coverages, hopefully, covering more signings in the next week or so. Um, so, yeah, keep keep it plugged into to Dirty South Soccer. Fingers crossed. Um, fingers crossed, man. I'm less hopeful, but fingers it's crossed. It's not going to happen. Santi is not. <laughs> oh, and we should have led with this. If you're wondering why, if it's a joke, we had a great tweet. Is it a joke, you guys? Place your ads randomly into the uh, show in the mid, mid-sentence? Yes, it is a joke, and it's mainly because uh, I'm too stupid to figure out uh, natural points to insert uh, said you're not commercials. stupid. Don't don't say that about yourself. You're not <laughs> stupid. You're well, smart, anyways, you're a smart so man. I just go in there and I just click. So just skip through the commercials. Uh, now that you've listened to this whole podcast and are wondering <laughs> what you listen to with the commercials, it is indeed a joke. Just well, you should listen to our great sponsors. But uh, this is not a uh, a mistake. This is me randomly selecting a place to insert the ads uh, because I'm uh, not able to. Uh, technolo- technologically savvy enough. Yes, I'm not technologically savvy enough. Yes, correct. Correct. I still like dumb. Words, I in other words, just, just hashtag blame Josh. I'm old, man. I'm going to be 35 in August. I'm old. Um, all right, tell them how they can find you on social media. You can find me at JoshB914. You can find me at Eric G. Quintana on Twitter. Uh, follow the, pod- uh, the podcast on Instagram at uh, MOTS Podcast. Uh, donate to the podcast, patreon.com slash MOTS Podcast. Please go to the YouTube channel, subscribe. And uh, help us help you. Yeah, do that. Possibly some paid projects here in the near future. So what? We'll see. Can I do one? We'll see. I want. I'm, I'm in. You just you just. You what not, do you want me to not, do? You're not doing a good job selling yourself by calling yourself stupid. So that's true. Well, if I had known there would be the money higher, involved, the, the I would have told the you. Higher ups <laughs> hear these things, and when you call them, I thought you're the higher up. You said <laughs> you're the producer. <laughs> when you call yourself stupid, <laughs> well, you already know me. You already know I'm stupid. If you if you let me get this far, I'm not worried about what I say anymore. All right. That's it, right? Yeah, we're done. At MOTS Podcast. (laughs) All right, until next time. See you later, Atlanta.